Hello, podcast listeners. This is the Brendan Brown's Collections of Facts and Theories podcast show. And today I will be doing the Book of Ruth, Chapter 1. This will be divided into four different parts because I will be reading the Book of Ruth and the story. And this will be my first sermon. And the title of my first sermon is called The Process. And um, it's on YouTube as well. But um, if you podcast listeners know my YouTube channel, you should already know that. And click the link to my website to get to that. And you can watch it where I'm talking about it in my um, YouTube video as well, and not just podcast, but I wanted to make it on my podcast and my YouTube channel so that both people can know where it's going to be on. Yes, but um, this is going to be my first sermon, and it will be divided into four different parts. But before I even do anything, I am going to play this motivational video that I saw on YouTube from Motivation Hub. See that bright brain full of activity? That's a healthy 18-year-old brain. Mine is the other That's one, 55 years old. I'm here to talk about success. The first rule of success is to have a vision. You see, if you don't have a vision of where you go, and if you don't have a goal where you go, you drift around and you never end up anywhere. I mean, as you know, I was born in 1947 in Austria after the Second World War. So I was very fortunate that I stumbled onto my vision. And I didn't really like Austria when I grew up. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I couldn't see myself becoming a farmer or a worker in a factory or anything like that. Even though my parents wanted me to stay there and have a normal life. But that was their vision, not mine. My vision was totally different. I felt that I was born for something special, for something unique, for something big. Then one day I went to school. I remember I was 11 years old. And they showed a documentary about America. There they showed this documentary, the huge skyscrapers, the high rises, the huge bridges, the six lane freeways. And all of this stuff, and I said to myself, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be around here with these little farmhouses and these little buildings. I want to be in America. One day after school, I walked by a store in Graz. So I went inside and I looked around and then I saw a magazine. I saw a bodybuilding magazine that had Reg Park on the cover. Reg Park was then a three-time Mr. Universe. And I saw him on the big screen as Hercules. I read that and I said to myself, wow, this is the blueprint for my life. This is exactly what I want to do. I want to become a bodybuilding champion. Just Pardon me for the loud noises, podcast listeners, but that's just the thunder and rain outside. I'm about to resume to the video right for you guys. Like Rich Park. I want to get into movies just like Rich Park. And I want to make millions of dollars and be rich and famous, just like Rich Park. Do you know how great it felt that I knew where I was going? Imagine the majority of people don't know where they're going. I knew where I was going, that I'm going to become this bodybuilding champion, just like him. So it was just a question of how do you do it? I was so relieved because when you have a goal, when you have a vision, everything becomes easy. So people always ask me, when they saw me in the gym in the pumping iron days, they said, why is it that you're working out so hard? 
five hours a day, six hours a day, and you have always a smile on your face. And I told people all the time, I said, because to me, I'm shooting for gold. In front of me is the Mr. Universe title. So every rep that I do gets me closer to accomplishing that goal, to make this goal, this vision turn into reality. Every single set that I do, every repetition, every weight that I lift will get me a step closer to turn this goal into reality. So I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound squat. I couldn't wait to do another 500 pound bench press. I couldn't wait to do another 2,000 reps of sit-ups. I couldn't wait for the next exercise. With the age of 20, I went to London and I won the Mr. Universe contest as the youngest Mr. Universe ever. And it was because I had a goal. So let me tell you something, visualizing a goal and going after it makes it fun. You've got to have a purpose no matter what you do in life. You've got to have a purpose. Seventy-four percent hate their job in America. Now this is not much different when you come to Europe. The majority of people don't like what they're doing because they're really not doing it because they didn't have a goal and they followed this goal. They just aimlessly drift around and then all of a sudden there's a job. Hi, I'm Jay with Total Body Experts, TotalBodyExperts.com, and we're here on site at our national headquarters in Los Angeles. Job opening so they get the job because you have to work. But then when you work, it's a chore. It's work. It's not fun. So if you think about only a quarter of the people really enjoy what they're doing in life. That is unbelievable if you think about it. So I felt so blessed that I knew what I was doing. It's like a medical student that studies and knows he wants to become a doctor. You know where to go. And the same thing is also in politics. I remember that in politics, I had a very clear vision that I will be the leader of California. This is as far as I could go because I was not born in America, so I could not run for president. So being the governor of the fifth largest state, of, I should say the largest state, the fifth largest economy in the world, was for me really the ultimate title, the ultimate accomplishment in politics. So even though people came up to me and says, why don't you go and run for something smaller? You're never going to make it. I ran for governor and then two months later, I became governor of the state of California. Again, because I had a very clear vision what I'm going to do with California. So that's rule number one, have a vision. Rule number two is don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the naysayers. Everything I ever did, the thing that I heard out of people's mouth was, that's impossible. That can't be done. Or no. That is exactly what I heard. And of course, I proved to the people that it can't be done. So whenever someone said to me, it can't be done, I heard it can be done. When they said no, I heard yes. And when they said it's impossible, I heard it is possible. I'm a strong believer of what Nelson Mandela said, that everything is always impossible until someone does it. 
Well, I'm going to be the one, I said to myself, I'm going to do it and I'm going to show it to them. Maybe it has never been done before. That's perfectly fine with me. But I'm going to do it. And I did not listen to the naysayers. It's all about the hard work that you put in. I said to myself, in bodybuilding, I worked out five, six hours a day. I'm going to do the same thing now for acting. And of course, I went to college to study English. I studied the accent removal. Hey. Acting classes and all of this stuff all day long. I worked and I worked and I worked. And within a short period of time, I made one movie called Hercules in New York, which of course went right into the toilet. But it didn't discourage me. I still had the same vision. And then all of a sudden I did Streets of San Francisco. I did Stay Hungry and Pumping Iron and The Villain. And then all of a sudden I was asked by Dino De Laurentiis and the Universal Studio to star in Conan the Barbarian. And after I did Conan the Barbarian, the director at the press conference said to the press, the director was John Milius. He said to the press, if we wouldn't have had Arnold, we would have had to build one. So think about that. Hey, question for you. Do you need help starting or growing your YouTube channel right now? If not, then just skip this video. But if the answer is yes, then you're going to want to join our free seven-day YouTube challenge. On the challenge, I'm going to be revealing for the first time publicly our seven steps to YouTube success framework. This is actually the framework that I've used over the past few years to grow multiple YouTube channels to over 100,000 subscribers and even... The very body that they said can never be sold because the time is wrong. A few years later, I'm doing Conan the Barbarian and it was the number one hit at the box office when it came out in the summer of 82. Think about that. And the director says, if we wouldn't have had his body, we would have had to build one. So all of a sudden, my body became an asset, not a liability. And the same thing was with Terminator. After we were finished filming Terminator, Jim Cameron said to the press, if Arnold wouldn't have had that accent and talked like a machine, I think the movie wouldn't have worked. So think about that. The body and the accent that they attacked was an asset. But I didn't listen to those losers. I didn't listen to them at all. This is just the reality of it, is, is that you cannot listen to the naysayers. So this is a very important lesson for all of you. So when someone says, no, this is a stupid idea, you in your mind, you don't have to say it, but in your mind, just say this of you, you asshole. What do you know? <laughs> by motivation of motivation of by motiversity I meant that's what it said hey okay podcast listeners well I'm about to get to the nice subject which is the process from um 
the book of Ruth, chapter 1, and that's my title for my sermon, The Process. But before I do anything, let's pray. Father God, I ask Jesus as I read this Bible and read this to my podcast listeners and to be the script of God. Help the word to be an impact on their lives, God. Help them to understand what they're learning, God. Help them to help them to want to listen to this, God. Help them to just have the inspiration and the info, information of this Bible to take it through their lives and live by Scripture and live by faith and truth, God. Spirit, faith, and truth, God. And God, I ask you that you just continue to use me and help me to decrease as I increase when I do this sermon, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, let's read. Naomi loses her husband. Starting with chapter 1, verse 1. And this this is only all chapter 1. I'll do 2, 3, and 4 in different episodes. And I'll be more descriptive on this episode than my YouTube channel. In the days when the judge ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem and Judea, together with his wife and his two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Malon and Kelon. They were Pharisees from Bethlehem, Judea, and they went to Moab and lived there. That's self-explanatory, so I don't really have to explain that. Okay, moving on to verse 3. Now Elimech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite woman, one named Oprah and the other Ruth, after they had lived there about ten years. Both Malone and Kelon also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So not only now is Naomi a widow, but her daughter, her two daughter-in-laws are widows now because of her son's deaths. Okay, moving on to verse 6. Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem. That's the title for that section of this. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on a road that would take them back to the land of Judea. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Hey! back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. So she's basically saying that they should go back home because her sons are dead. And she said, may the Lord bless them with kindness because her two daughters-in-law showed her kindness and her husband's kind and her excuse me and her son's kindness before he died. Okay, moving on to verse nine. I mean, excuse me, ten. Um, excuse me, I'm wrong. Nine. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud. And said to her, "We will go back with you to your people." But Naomi said. Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons? Who could become your husbands? She's questioning them, like, why are you staying with me? Do I have to get another husband and have more kids? Okay, moving on to verse 12. Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight, 
and then gave birth to sons. So she's basically saying even if she gave birth to sons, they would be too young. And the two daughters-in-law wouldn't marry them because they would be young while the two daughters-in-laws are getting older. And plus, Naomi would be getting older as well if you, you know, pay attention real closely. Okay, moving on to verse 13. Would you wait until they grew up? Like I just said. Would you remain unmarried for them? No. My daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. She think Naomi thinks the Lord has turned against her, but the Lord did not turn against her. The Lord didn't allow... You know, I'll move on to that later on in my further episodes, but all I'm going to say this is this. The Lord did not turn against her. Naomi's just going through something, which I'll get to that. I'll get to that point. Don't worry, podcast listeners. At this, they wept aloud again. Then... Oprah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clenched her. That's self-explanatory. We already know Oprah left and Ruth stayed with her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. Naomi's, you know, self-explanatory again. Naomi's telling Ruth to go with your sister-in-law. Go back to your place with your people and your gods. All right, verse 16. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely. If even death separates you and me. So Ruth is really explaining through all these past three verses or two verses I just read. Ruth is trying to explain to Naomi that she's going to stick with her no matter what happens. She'll stick with her even till the day she dies. Like, that is a wow factor right there. That is so astonishing. Like, wow. Just so glorious. Like, she would really want to stay with her mother-in-law. She really, really loves that mother-in-law to stay with her like that. <laughs> okay. Moving on to verse 18. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Which means Naomi stopped urging Ruth to um, go away because Ruth wanted to stay. Moving on to verse 19. So the woman went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman examined, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. She doesn't want the town citizens to call her Naomi because she thinks the Lord has made her life bitter because of her husband and two sons dying. But the Lord did not make her bitter. It's just her emotions clouding her. Okay, moving on to verse 21. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So basically, verse 21 is basically like verse 20, but a little bit more descriptive. And just to tell you guys, if y'all wonder who the Almighty is, the Almighty is God. Yep, the Almighty is God. So Naomi returned home from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. The barley harvest was basically, you know, growing wheat and, not wheat, wheat, excuse me, growing wheat and harvesting wheat. But that's it for chapter one. I will be doing more episodes on um, chapter two. 
three and four. They're all separate episodes. It's a four-parter. That's why I make this like a little four-parter mini-series on my podcast show. This will be on here and my YouTube channel. If y'all would like to look on my YouTube channel, just click the link up top. If you're looking to listen to this on Anchor or if you're listening to this on another podcast um, platform, the link will be at the bottom. But if you're um, on Anchor, it should be on top of these episodes. And you'll have the link to my website. And my website is my personal blog and website. And it should have the link to my YouTube channel. But yeah. That's basically it for chapter one. And to sum it all up basically. Naomi's just going through. Depression. Grief. And sadness. Because her husband died. Her two sons died. And she's just going through a lot. Because she had a wonderful family. And now she's thinking the Lord really manipulated. Not manipulated. Excuse me tampered her and you know made her angry and made her bitter and made her lose faith and but it's not really god it's just naomi's emotions clouding her and it's the enemy trying to make her think that god did this but god didn't really did that but we'll move on we'll understand more of this as we you know go more into the story but that's all i really had to say to sum it up and um yeah that's basically it and um let's just pray so father god i ask you jesus Thank you, God, for using me, God. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to read my first sermon with my podcasters, God. My podcast listeners, God. Lord Jesus, I ask you, God, that you continue to help them to come on this four-part and listen to this four-part series, God. Lord God, as they have listened to this podcast episode, God, help this word to be an impact on their lives. Help this word to never leave them, God. Help the word to cleanse it in them, God. And Lord God, forgive them for any sins they have said wrong, done wrong, even want to do wrong, Lord God. From the first time they did sin to now, as they still are alive, God, forgive them for their sins, God. And forgive me for my sins, God, for what I have done when I first known sin to now, God. And when I first did sin to now, Jesus. Lord God, I ask you, God, just to continue to cover us under your blood. Help us have a wonderful and blessed day. And help no evil spirits, no negative thoughts, no demons or nothing that come inside me or my podcast listeners who are listening to this episode. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, that's it, podcast listeners. Um, I will inform you when I have my new episodes. Y'all can check on my YouTube channel or you can check on my podcast. And I might try to, um, you know promote it on my Instagram account, I might, but y'all can check that as well, because my, you know, personal website already has every link to everything, my Instagram, my YouTube, and my, you know, my podcast, basically, because I already got the podcast, but, um, that's it for today, and, um, I guess I'll see all you guys and gals next time, have a blessed day, podcast listeners.